Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast, where we are on a mission to help 10,000 generous business owners double their revenue together. We are going to generate over $10 billion in net new giving. I'm your host, Daryl Amy. And if you want to grow revenue, you need to grow your network. And there's nobody better at coaching us than how to grow our network than our guest today, Drew Sechrist. He was one of the first employees at Salesforce, and now he's the co-founder of Connect the Dots. This is an incredible platform. Get ready for an incredibly powerful conversation. If you have a sales team and you want to boost results, you need to get to know Selling from the Heart. What's great about Selling from the Heart is how it takes a different approach to driving sales. The goal, build trust quickly with clients and prospects through authenticity. The result is more effective prospecting, higher close rates, and more referrals. And best of all, the Selling from the Heart methodology works with your existing sales model. To learn more, visit www.sellingfromtheheart.net and make sure to listen to me and my co-host Larry Levine each week on the Selling from the Heart podcast. Well, our guest today is Drew Sechrist. It's a great story. A cold email to Mark Benioff in 1999 landed Drew an account executive job at Salesforce where he was employee number 36. Drew went on to become the company's highest producing seller and then the highest producing sales manager as Salesforce scaled from zero to more than a billion dollars in revenue. Well, as a young seller, leaders like Mark Benioff, Jim Steele, and Susan St. Ledger transformed Drew's career by opening their networks and making warm introductions on Drew's behalf. Well, with that in mind, Drew co-founded Connect the Dots to make that type of experience possible for anyone. So Drew, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. What an amazing story. Daryl, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, great intro. That's, that's basically what happened. And it was a kind of a magical time getting hired into Salesforce that early on and uh, you know, kind of falling in luckily to this incredible group of people that, uh, that opened up all these opportunities for me. And, and uh, so that was a very transformative experience in my life. And it's kind of led me to where I am now. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think we can all look back and realize that when you look in hindsight, that where you are today is a result of people you met along the way. I mean, your network, Larry, uh, we talk about Larry, our co-host at Selling the Heart. We talk all the time about your network is your net worth. Building your network today is uh, in some ways never been easier, but in some ways it's also a little bit more complicated. What do you, where do you think the challenges are when it comes to building your network as a sales professional and an entrepreneur? Well, I mean, I think the one really obvious thing right now is that COVID has completely changed our physical location. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're not in offices together. And if I go back to um, you know 1999, when I sent that cold email to Mark Benioff and that led to him inviting me out to San Francisco and interviewing, and he offered me a job on the spot. I had to move physically from North Carolina across the country, pack all my stuff up in a U-Haul, 
drive it, you know, across the continent to San Francisco because that job was in an office in San Francisco with the other team, team members. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it is anymore. No, <laughs> it sure isn't. No. I mean, like in North Carolina, if I were in North Carolina now and this opportunity happened, they'd say, great, you can start on Monday. You know, we'll FedEx you your laptop and uh, just join this Zoom meeting and, you know, we'll get you all set up. And I think that there's a, you know, there's some great stuff about that. You know, let's, you know, let's be honest about that. It's incredible that you can tap into talent all across the planet and you can build teams that are, you know, you could have never assembled before because of, because of this new openness and the technology to, uh, that allows us to be in different places. But it comes at a cost. And that mm-hmm. cost is when you're not physically with people, you know, all day, Monday through Friday in the office, you're not building relationships quite the same way. Um, you know, you don't see each other in, in quite the same way. And, you know, a lot of what we did was we'd work hard during the day and then we would all, you know, go out and have a drink in the, after, you know, in the evening after work and, and uh, talk about our wins and our losses and the things that we learned that day. And there's a lot of stuff around the water cooler where you're sharing information about you know, what's working and what's not working. And I remember very distinctly, you know, very early in my career, I didn't, you know, candidly, I didn't know what I was doing as a young salesperson. But I was None surrounded. Of us did. <laughs> None you know, of us did. You know, we're, we don't come out of the womb knowing how to do sales, mm-hmm. but but because I was in this room with all these other incredible sellers, uh, some of them were you know peers of mine, some of them were managers, some of them were senior leadership, like you know Mark Benioff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you absorb all that through osmosis, and then you're in the process of doing that. You're bonding with those people, and you're winning things together, and you're and think some things are not going right together but you're building these deep relationships and then they transcend not, you know, that job, that job is uh, that job that ended up lasting 10 years for me mm-hmm. at Salesforce. But those relationships have gone on, you know, my lifetime. And, you know, I know that they will continue until my lifetime ends. It is amazing. And so if you think about the environment right now and um, you know, the, the, the challenge we have in sales, I believe, is that we live in a, a world where trust is at an all-time low. We have very skeptical buyers. We have, uh, you know, people. I mean, the we, word of the year, I think, in 2018 was post-trust. Like this is a time where there's not a lot of trust in anybody, certainly in organizations and and as sales professionals when it comes time to reach out to um, that potential buyer. You know, this is this is the very first thing we've got to do is we've got to establish trust. And I, I think there's no better way to establish trust than than out of a, a solid network. I think it's where we go to reference to find trust. And so all of that to say, you know, when you look at at your network right now, I don't think there's a bigger or more important thing for a sales professional or an entrepreneur to have than a strong network, because this is the foundation on which you can build trust, bigger network, more opportunities to build trust, small network. You know, I think it, I think it's a big, big um, roadblock. And I'm curious what you're seeing out there when it comes to trust related to um, the people that are in your network. Yeah, for sure. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, The number one filter that we have as human beings when we, you know, when we are uh, approached by another human being is, do I know this person? Should I trust this person? That's the number one thing. It's the first thing that goes up. And, um, you know, the, uh, in the, in a, the world of sales today, much of this is being done online because mm-hmm. we're not, you know, we're not in offices for the most part, 
nobody's coming and knocking on your door and pitching you a product, you know, in your office. That's just not happening. And so what, what is happening is we are being um, approached and you could, you could say bombarded by sales pitches. If you're a decision maker, if you have a budget, um, then you know what it's like to look at your inbox and your inbox is, you know, a good percentage of your day is you're just deleting, 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 deleting all these messages that you got from people that you don't know. If I don't know you, the probability that I'm going to read that email is very low. I mean, there's just too much stuff going on, right? Yeah. But when you get an email from somebody you do know, then you look at it. And, you know, assuming you know that person pretty well, you're going to open it up. You're going to read it. You're going to reply to it. That's just what we do as human beings. It's, it's a binary flip. I don't mm -hmm. know you. I'm deleting that email. I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I don't know what's in that email, but I just don't have time to figure it out. I know you. I'm going to read that email and I'm going to reply to that email. Mm -hmm. And so there's never been a time that's more critical. And I think you know, COVID and, and everybody going to this remote first environment, it's never, it's never been more critical to have a network that you can tap, tap into of trusted relationships where your name is known, uh, where people are, you know, they're happy to reply to you. They want to reply to you because they know who you are and they trust you and you've had you know, years or potentially decades of experience together. So uh, I think I think you're 100 percent right on this. This is there's never been a time where trust and existing relationships have been more important than now. So all of this comes together and connect the dots. Tell us about connect the dots and, and where the vision came from. What is it? Uh, I've seen yeah. it really, really super cool. But I'd love for audience to learn about what you've cooked up here. Sure. Well, I mean, the, the origin goes back to those very early days when I uh, took the job as employee number 36 at Salesforce. And I, you know, I first, I had been west of the Mississippi one other time in my life. That was it. So I didn't know anything about California. I didn't know anybody out there. The only people I knew in California or in San Francisco were my new coworkers that I had just met. Wow. And I happened to be very, very lucky that my new coworkers were, you know, the, the original team of Salesforce. So they were great mm -hmm. people. They were very successful in, you know, in all the things that they had done uh, leading up to Salesforce. They had had a lot of experience in Silicon Valley. They had, had a lot of, uh, they, you know, a lot of them went to college there. So they had their, you know, college networks. A lot of them had previously worked in other technology companies or basically everybody did. Mm -hmm. So they had those networks. And so I stepped into that. There were 35 people there before I got there and they all had pretty good networks. And I was probably the youngest person on the team or thereabouts, most, you know, almost the youngest person. So I could tap into that. That's what I found. The, the hack for me at that point in my uh, career was I don't have a network and I'm stepping into a sales role where a network would be very helpful. Although right. it wasn't critical at that point, but it was like because we were, you know, we had a marketing machine and Mark was doing this great job of talking up a big game about how Salesforce is going to really disrupt software. And it was no software, you know, that I remember, yeah. they've got the no software sign. So we had some good good leads coming in and we could we could you know we could take those leads and sell out to them but as we started going up market it was really critical to know the decision makers and the key influencers and in larger deals and larger companies and that's when that's when my team came into really uh you know became very very useful to me i could ask mark you know mark was in the office with us and i could say hey mark do you know somebody at uh, apple we're trying to sell to apple and he'd say sure i know you know, this senior executive from something that we did together. Mm -hmm. And then I'd say, great, Mark, can you, I'm just going to, I'm going to write the email for you. So you don't have to think about it. I'm going to write the email for you. 
in your voice, and then you can send it to your senior contact at Apple, and then that will tee up the conversation. And the conversation is not going to be, hey, talk to Drew, the junior salesperson over here. Mm-hmm. The, first, the first tee up is probably going to be, hey, talk to me, Mark Benioff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and let's see if we can help you with you know, what mm-hmm. our technology can bring to Apple. And then I would ride shotgun on that meeting and, and the, inherit the credibility of Mark Benioff, right? So I go into the meeting with Mark and then Mark would have the first conversation and then the senior executive at Apple would say, okay, well, this is really interesting. We should talk about this. And Mark would say, that's great. That's why Drew's here. Drew's going to help right. you with all the details. And so I earned my stripes by, you know, riding shotgun with Mark, watching Mark do the executive level conversation. And then I pick up all the grunt work and I would work through all the grunt work and get that deal done. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that was you know, leveraging that existing, you know, Mark's got those existing relationships. My other boss, you know, my other you know, senior leadership, my bosses, uh, even my, you know, my, my other colleagues, they all had these relationships. And wow. if I could figure out who they knew, then I could leverage their relationship. And then I, I could repeat that over and over and over again. And that's exactly what we did. We did that for, I mean, for a decade, frankly, I learned that trick. And then we would use these relationships to get the, the initial conversation. And then we'd pass the relationship off to the new person who's going to go run that opportunity until they get it closed. And then gradually we started having happy, successful customers and they became part of our you know, relationship graph. These are the mm-hmm. people that are actually buying our software. You know, they would buy our Salesforce, yeah. Salesforce software and then they would say, this is great. We're getting a lot of value out of this. Um, and then, of course, the next question, and I know that this is something near and dear to your heart in, in the uh, you know, selling from the heart approach, you, you know, referrals are gold. So once you have a, a happy customer, that person's part of your network and you mm-hmm. should be leveraging that person to get to all these other people that you can help. And birds of a feather, you know, they, they, they know the, the same type of people. If they're buying your software, they definitely know other people that could buy your software too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, that, that started a chain reaction over the years. The biggest pain point that we had though in doing this was finding out later that you had this relationship that you could have leveraged, but you didn't leverage it because you didn't know. Because there's like there was just nowhere to look and see all the relationships that everybody in your network had. Now, at some point, uh, along came LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And LinkedIn did change the game significantly. And I would say in the early days, it was actually fantastic for this because it was smaller. And the people who were connected actually did know each other. You know, there's a high probability that they were well connected. So mm-hmm. you could look at LinkedIn and that did help us a lot. You, you weren't LinkedIn to everybody that you knew in the, in the world, but you were LinkedIn to a bunch of them. Uh, but then later, you know, now pushing two decades of, of LinkedIn, there's all these connections on LinkedIn where uh, it's not, you know, like I, I, I talk to senior executives all the time. The one I was talking to last night is a CEO of a 2000 person software company. And, and I said, you know, the problem with LinkedIn is like, I know what the problem with LinkedIn is like, <laughs> like one in five people I actually know. on it. And I was like, one in five, that's not bad. I usually hear about one in 10. Yeah. Uh, so, so that, that's the challenge. The challenge is like, okay, now how do I navigate use LinkedIn to actually find my way to get to the people that can, the decision makers and the influencers on the deals that I want to sell. Mm. And you, you run into a lot of roadblocks and you burn a lot of kind of energy and social capital by, you know, if I say, Hey, Daryl, it looks like, you know, so-and-so, could you make an introduction for me? I want to talk to him about blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, well, Drew, I'm sorry. I, 
you know, I don't really I, know him. Yeah. I, I think it happened to me three. It happened to me yesterday at breakfast and it probably happened to me two or three times last week. Yeah. And I don't want to be the guy who does that to you two or three or five times. They're like, right. Hey, Daryl, how about this person? No. Okay. Nope. Hey, Drew. <laughs> right. at, some point, at some point you're like, Drew, I got a day job, you know, I'm happy to help you, man. But um, <laughs> so that's the problem that we solve. And uh, you know, we, we, like we, we have, uh, we felt this pain, uh, but I've also felt the incredible joy of finding those right connections. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, an, an example, an example, just an anecdote from history. In the very early days of uh, sale, well, in the first five years of Salesforce, uh, we ended up hiring in, um, we ended up hiring in uh, uh, a new head of sales named Jim Steele. And uh, Jim came from IBM, and he had a great Rolodex. And he's just an amazing sales leader and he knows everybody. He's like, you know, golfing with presidents and former presidents. Mm -hmm. He's really, really well connected. And uh, Mark asked me to interview him as one of, you know, one of the stops in his process. Should we hire this guy? And Mark is like, what do you think, Drew? Should we hire him? And I said, I said, two thumbs up. He's amazing. He's going to up our game so much. I can't wait to work with him. And uh, so, you know, we hired him and, uh, you know, the next week or two weeks later when Jim was in the office, he was like, hey, Drew, I just want to say thank you so much for giving the green light to Mark for me. You know, how can I repay you? And I was like, this is easy. Here's my territory. (laughs) Here's my list of accounts. That's right. Who do you know at these accounts? And we went right down the list. Beautiful. And he found found he found one. He's like, oh, I know the president of worldwide operations at that one. Wow. We called that guy up. We got a meeting the next week. Uh, in two plus months, we'd closed a million dollar deal. And that was when a million dollar deal was a big deal. Like we didn't, mm-hmm. it was one of our first million dollar deals. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say chance of that happening if Jim didn't have that relationship, zero. Right. So there's a million dollar deal that, would, that happened because we knew that relationship existed. And uh, and it would have been a zero dollar deal if we didn't know that that wow. relationship existed. And and the light went on for me. Like I, I knew that we could do these things, but the light really went on for me there. And I thought, my gosh, if we could just figure out how to do this all the time, because all of us have these really complex networks. We know so many. You think about all the people that you know in your life, Daryl. And, and Daryl, in your role, I mean, you meet so many people. Uh, and you have interesting, pretty deep conversations pretty quickly. So you get to know you have these you're kind of speed dating. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. So, so you meet a lot of people and you can be this like super node connecting people to each other. And then you think about you know, there's work. There's all the stuff that you do in your personal life. You know, uh, uh, you know, all your personal activities. You might be in a bicycling club. You, you know, you might go on. I, I think I saw that you organize missions and you and you fund missions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've had multiple careers and, and, uh, you know, your former colleagues from them. I see that, you know, like, uh, um, uh, your customers, people who buy your book, all books, journalists that you talk to, there's a bit, everybody's got this network. And as you go through life, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but it's like chaotic. And you, how do you organize that? And we, we really decided like, this is an incredibly untapped resource for all of us. All of us have this. And each one of us, when you become a node on a network with everybody else, uh, it grows exponentially and it can really open almost any door for you. You just have to be able to know where to look. And that was the key. That was the key problem that needed to be solved. How do you know which door to open? And we think, we know, we, think we know how to do that. We can make that happen for everybody now. 
Yeah. So tell us about Connect the Dots. I just got signed up and uh, it looks like a pretty cool concept based on email, not so much on your social network. Well, here's the here's the secret. Um, the, the biggest untapped social network in the world uh, is one that's not even a social network. It's just your old emails. Think about it. You know, we've been emailing for decades now. And, uh, you know, go back to your Hotmail accounts and your Yahoo account and you know, your Gmail account. And then every email account that you've had at work, you've emailed thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of times. You know, there, there are, you know, there, there are people out there that have, have email boxes in the millions and even tens of millions. There's a lot of people that you've communicated with. And the cool thing about email, as opposed to a social graph like, you know, like Facebook or LinkedIn or something like that, is that um, those social graphs are, are binary. You're either connected or you're not. And so the problem with a binary social graph is that everybody looks the same and there's a lot of noise. And so that's the, if I say, if I try to use that to figure out how, my best path to get an introduction to somebody, then I'm going to annoy you a lot. A lot of the time I'm gonna say, hey, Daryl, could you introduce me? And you're like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Nope, don't know that person. So that makes it, it makes it hard to traverse that graph and use those relationships to get to the places you need to know. With email, email comes with this really neat feature in that it's already telling you who really knows who because you've actually emailed back and forth and 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 back and forth over the years and over the decades. And so you can see these, you can calculate how well people know each other. Wow. And you, and you can also you can unearth relationships that people have that they totally forgot about, but there were significant relationships. You know, you might've had a, a customer that you interacted with a lot 14 years ago and you built a great relationship and, you know, they were a very happy customer. Uh, but then they went on with their life and you went on with your life in different directions and you just didn't cross paths again. And after 14 years, we only have so much ability to remember all of the interactions we've had in our lives so that person's name and photo on the internet might be, you know, nothing that triggers a memory for you. Uh, if you saw them on LinkedIn, you're like, I don't know who that is. I mean, I'm LinkedIn or maybe I'm, maybe I'm not even LinkedIn to that person. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really spark a memory. But what if you could see all of your email history attached to that person? Now it brings that back to the surface and you can say, oh, wow, I, I just had this uh, yesterday when I was talking to somebody. Um, I, I saw that. This person, the, the CEO that I was speaking with last night, his uh, executive assistant, I actually knew from 2010 when Elon Musk brought a Tesla to, uh, I think it was Silicon Valley Bank. It was a roadster. Mm -hmm. It was back before that. It was just a roadster. It was one of the first, you know, really early wow. roadsters. And it maybe had 10 on the planet or something. And, uh, and she had emailed me. She had in a different capacity. Uh, to invite me to come drive this this roadster. And I replied to her, I was like, absolutely, I'm in. You know, I told her what time I'd be there. And so we had had this email exchange. That was 12 years ago. I don't remember her from, you know, like, but now, thanks to the power of Connect the Dots, her profile has been brought up. I can see in context that she is now the executive assistant for the CEO of this company. And she and I had this interaction 12 years ago. And wow. I, actually got, I actually got to ride, uh, drive that, that roadster and it was really awesome. I bet. Totally cool. Totally cool. Yeah. That's fascinating. So when, when, um, when you're able to look back 
you're you're saying are are we may not remember something from 14 years ago. I think the older we get, the smaller the the internal uh, database gets. Sometimes yeah. being able to to the power of looking back over all those years, and it was funny because when I connected my email accounts to connect the dots and saw um, how many emails were in the inbox of each one of those accounts that I was I was chewing through. Um, and connect the dots is processing now and, and mapping out, you go, that's a lot of data uh, from just, you know, I submitted two of my email addresses and there's more, you know, and you go, that is a lot of data right there. And there's no way that the human brain could process through that data, but you've created the tech to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, so I was surprised when the results came in for me, it looks like I know 26,000 people. I mean, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, so I've got about 4,000 LinkedIn contacts. And I know, my guess is I know about, uh, you know, 10 to 15% of them, something like that. Um, but that's only 4,000. There are 26,000 mm -hmm. people that I've interacted with on email over the years. Wow. And, and so the, the, the thing that's uh, the, the big challenge, the big technical challenge that we've solved is that those email addresses are all over the place. They represent you know, people at various points in their careers, mm -hmm. at different companies, their personal email accounts. And so turning that into a single record for a person and being able to say, hey, your executive assistant was the same person that I interacted with when I drove that Tesla 12 years ago at Silicon Valley Bank. Um, that's hard because she had a completely different email address and identity at that point, right? So she's like a lot of time has passed and a lot of different jobs have gone, uh, she's gone, she's gone through. So putting that, pulling that together mm. into a single clean way to make those relationships actionable is a really tough thing. Uh, but when you can do it, then all 26,000 of those contacts become actionable. Like I know who they are. I know all the context about how we've interacted in the past. Some of them are very weak relationships, but they're still relationships. Um, and some of them are quite strong relationships that I've kind of just forgotten about because Gosh, I mean, we, you know, in our, particularly we in sales professions, we interact with so many different people and we can only keep so much in our brains. So you're yeah. bound to like, without a clue, without being a, having a little bit of help to, to know how you know that person, you're bound to forget a lot of people. Amazing. What a cool story and amazing technology. So how can people get their hands on this? This is something I know that everyone's listening in is going to go, I want to see this. Well, so we, uh, we have two products essentially. Um, we have a free version. Anybody can sign up for that. There is a wait list for that version right now. Uh, but you can sign up at ctd.ai, like connect the dots, ctd.ai. You can sign up on the wait list and we'll let you in as soon as we possibly can. Um, the other product is the, the business edition product. And this is for companies to deploy. And they can deploy it wall to wall to every employee. They flip a switch and they can connect it to their email server, whether that's Google or Microsoft. And then it builds a graph for everybody in the company. So everybody oh, wow. becomes a connector in the company and everybody can plug in their own personal uh, connect the dots accounts to it as well. So you can bring, mm. you can combine your uh, enterprise and your personal accounts into one massive graph. And then you as an employee, when you leave, you can unplug and you take that and you keep your contact data with you uh, for life. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so those are the two products. So if you're a company, um, then you can sign up for our, our business edition product. You should reach out to me. Uh, you can mm -hmm. reach me at drew at ctd.ai if you'd like to talk about that. And if you're an individual, go to our website, click on the waitlist button and sign up. 
Uh, and if you're uh, if you send me an email and you say that you were on the uh, you heard me on the Revenue Growth Podcast, then I will send you a link to skip the waitlist. Ah, you rock! That is awesome. Well, Drew. Thank you for sharing time uh, with us today. Thank you for what you're doing. What an incredible solution to a problem we all have. Uh, I really, really appreciate you. This has been totally awesome. Daryl, thanks so much. It was really fun. Awesome. Awesome. And thank you to everybody in the Revenue Growth Podcast audience right here in the middle of the holidays. I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been liking, subscribing, sharing, leaving reviews for the podcast. It helps us spread the word. And we have some exciting things coming up in the new year. So you want to make sure to like or subscribe on whatever platform on which you listen. It's going to be an exciting new year. We've got a lot of headwinds and challenges, but our commitment here at the Revenue Growth Podcast is to bring you fresh ideas you can use to accelerate your revenue growth. So we've got a lot of things ahead. I'm excited. I hope everyone is having a fantastic end to the year wonderful holidays. And until next time, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.